You know, every month we record a new Starts With a Bang podcast, but this month something very interesting came up. Instead of picking a scientific topic, I want to pick a question that I was asked that just fascinated me because I didn't know how to answer it. The question was, if humans were made in God's image, then whose image or what image were aliens made in? This is kind of a profound question about what it means to be made in God's image, what alien life that we've never discovered might conceive or think of if it were intelligent, and what we might have in common or what might be fundamentally different between us and them. What can we say about this? Find out on this edition of the Starts With a Bang podcast. If you're talking about being made in God's image, let's start by asking what that means. The best way I've found to talk about God's image is to think back to my own childhood and to think about what my first image of God, of what that concept would actually look like to me. If you think back to your own life when you were young, you must have had one for the very first time. You must have finally said, I wonder what God looks like, and bam, there it was in your head, an image. For me, I was someone raised Jewish, and so I was steeped in Jewish history and theology, and my image of God was based on the story of Exodus, of Moses, of Moses on Mount Sinai being given the Ten Commandments. He goes up to Mount Sinai, he talks to God, and God appears to him as a burning bush, and he can't see God's face. So that's my conception, is I'm thinking as a young kid, well, Moses is talking to God and God is talking back to him, so it must be some sort of human-like figure. But it can't really be human, and it can't be facing Moses because Moses can't see his face. So therefore, it's got to be a human with his back turned to Moses. And then uh, the bush is burning, so it's got to be on fire. And who's a big, tall human that dwarfs and that Moses must be humble before? Well, my image has to be something like my dad. So that was my first image of what God would look like, is it would be someone big like my dad, with his back turned to me, and also on fire with flames that didn't touch or harm him. That was my image of God. What was yours? I know this answer is going to be extremely varied, and the more detail you get into, the more different it's going to be for each and every person. Some of you may think of God the Father from Michelangelo on the Sistine Chapel ceiling creating man. Some of you might think of Jesus Christ on the cross being crucified in agony. Others of you may think of one of the Hindu gods. Maybe it's Vishnu with his many arms, or maybe it's Shiva, or maybe Brahma. Or maybe it's one of the Egyptian gods, 
Maybe it's Ra, the great sun god. Maybe it's something vastly different. Maybe it's not a humanoid god at all. Maybe it's an animistic god. Or maybe it's just some sort of divine force. Or perhaps you're an atheist and you don't have any concept of god at all and never did. Regardless, when we talk about what God's image is, we all have our own conception of that. And they're all different and yet valid in their own ways. So what, with that in mind, would an alien think of God? Would an alien conceive of when you talk to an alien about God's image? Well, if we talk about our conceptions of God, they're based in our understanding of life and the universe and the world around us. We can answer that. We can look at that from a scientific perspective. We can actually know the answer to those questions of what are we made of? What does all life have in common? And if we were made in God's image, what did this universe admit as a possibility for something to be in God's image? Well, if we look at what we have in common with all life on Earth, all life on Earth is made up of cells, and inside each of those cells is some sort of information-containing molecule, something like DNA or RNA, something that uses a genetic code, like your different bases, A, C, T, G, and sometimes U if you're RNA. And we encode information in that. We encode what proteins do you program in? What steps do you take? What genes are turned on? What genes are turned off? We encode the information necessary for building copies of us in our genetic material. Every cell on Earth has that in common. Every living thing has that in common. In fact, it's so deep, it's such a deep connection that if you look at human beings and you look at any other living creature on Earth, from the smallest, most primitive prokaryotic life form, like a bacterium or even a protist, and if you look at the more complex life, the fungi, the plants, the animals, you'll find that there's a tremendous amount of overlap. The genetic material encoded in any one of these has significant at least about 50% overlap with the genetic material in any other form of life. You might think it's remarkable that a human being and a tardigrade have half their DNA in common, but so does a human being and a strawberry, or a human being and a paramecium, or a human being and red-green algae. This is not an uncommon thing. This, in fact, points to what we believe is a scientific truth, that all life on Earth has a universal common ancestor. If we look at everything that exists today and we trace it back at the billions of years that we can trace it back as far as we can, we believe that we are all cousins at some level. Well, even that, we can ask, how is that possible? Because molecules, 
DNA, those are not fundamental things. They're made up of smaller and smaller particles. Molecules are made up of atoms, and atoms in turn are made up of subatomic particles. The electrons that are left over from the Big Bang when you had matter particles and antimatter particles, a whole slew of them collided away and there were some leftovers. Electrons were some of those leftovers. The electrons in your body today originated from the Big Bang. But the subatomic particles, the atomic nuclei that make you up, those are not left over from the Big Bang, with the exception of the protons that make up pure hydrogen atoms, about 7% of your body by weight. But that's it. Everything else, the carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, the iron in your blood, the calcium in your bones, the copper, the phosphorus, the sulfur in your proteins, in your amino acids, in other parts of your body, these all were not made in the Big Bang, but subsequently in stars. In the core of stars, nuclear fusion occurs and light elements get fused into heavier ones. These free neutrons are emitted in giant stars, and they allow you to build up and up and up the periodic table as you absorb a neutron. It allows you to build to a heavier nucleus. When that nucleus decays, because if you just keep adding neutrons, they will, you jump up one level in the periodic table. Eventually, you can build your way all the way up to lead and bismuth, the 82nd and 83rd elements in the periodic table. And there are even more powerful events than that. In supernova, where a massive star, a very massive star, can no longer support itself up against the irresistible force of gravity, its core implodes. A runaway fusion reaction occurs, and the center of the star is destroyed, collapsing either to a neutron star or a black hole, while the outer layers blow off in this catastrophic explosion. That explosion gives rise to all sorts of heavy elements, again, rising all the way up the periodic table past lead and bismuth as far as can naturally be created. We also have neutron star-neutron star mergers, where these two stellar corpses will collide. We know from this past year, just a few months ago, that these do occur in the universe. These are the origin of fast gamma ray bursts, and these give rise to the majority of elements heavier than iron, nickel, and cobalt in the universe. This is how the universe actually works. This is where those heavy elements that make up you and me and all living things on Earth come from. So now you get to ask a further question. If that's what all of life here has in common, what about aliens? Well, surely if things happen the way they did here, they could happen similarly for aliens. It could happen in just a very similar fashion. The same building blocks are present, they come together in the same ways, they undergo the same chemical reactions, and bam, alien life, just like human life. Under those circumstances, if humans were made in God's image, then aliens were made in just the same image. Not anthropomorphic with the eyes and nose and ears and whatever secondary traits human beings may have, but the primary ones, the fact that we're made out of the same building blocks, that we undergo the same life processes and the same chemical reactions to power and encode life, that we can 
encode the information that makes us up, that we can have a set of instructions, and that when we reproduce, those sets of instructions get passed on slightly different, perhaps slightly better, to the next generation. But that's not the only way it could have happened. When we look out at the universe, at, for example, newly formed stars and protoplanetary disks around those newly formed stars, what we find is they are loaded with carbon-based and non-carbon-based molecules that could potentially be very interesting from a biochemical perspective. If we look in the galactic center, we don't just find the sugars and the amino acids and the cyanide molecules that we find around new stars. We also find complicated molecules, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons like benzene rings, ethyl formate, which is the characteristic molecule that gives raspberries their scent, and all sorts of interesting organic compounds, some of which are essential to life processes, and some of which are completely poisonous. If you ask someone what does the galactic center or the interstellar medium smell like, the answer is raspberries and poison mixed together. Careful there. And we could go even beyond that. In our solar system, we have meteorites that fall to Earth. These are primarily asteroids originating from the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. On occasion, they will fall to Earth and we'll be able to detect them. The Murchison meteorite is one magnificent example that fell in Australia in the 1960s. We dissect this meteorite, we look inside, and what do we find in there? Amino acids. But not just the 20 amino acids that are used in life processes here on Earth, but over 80 unique amino acids, where we have left-handed amino acids, they have the right-handed counterparts that don't exist in life processes on Earth, but could potentially exist elsewhere. Every amino acid has what's called an R group. This is a long chain of atoms that helps make up the molecule that can bind together in different ways, that can form differently shaped proteins. I already said we only have 20 amino acids that play a role in life processes here on Earth. But over in the Murchison meteorite, there are over 60 unique ones. If they exist just here in our solar system, imagine how many possibilities are out there for life elsewhere in the universe. In fact, when you consider that there are billions or even trillions of potentially habitable worlds as far as we understand them in our galaxy today, it seems incredibly unlikely that here on Earth, this is the only way things could have happened. And we could even go a step beyond that and speculate. Perhaps someday human beings will be extinct, replaced by the robots or artificial intelligence species that we are working on building the first prototypes of today. It's possible down the road that they will have forgotten or written out all memory of their original creators. And what sort of God's image would a robot create or an artificially intelligent being create? Beyond that, what if it weren't made out of molecules or atoms at all? What if it were made out of plasma or dark matter or some other form of energy? What would something made out of those things conclude God's image is? I bet you it would be very different from our own, but it would have some things in common with our own image. All we need 
for semi-intelligent life is a way to store information, to create the next generation of life, and to pass that information on to that next generation. If we fancy ourselves to be made in God's image, then certainly a species as intelligent as our own will at some point have had the same idea. It may be reasonable to think aliens think they're made in God's image too, but their idea of what God's image is will likely be even more diverse and unique than our own imaginings looking at the full variety of what humans can imagine. Depending on how different a form of life aliens are from us, their conception of God may be something we're incapable of conceiving of today. But the one thing we'll all agree on, across religions, belief systems, planets, and galaxies, is that if we run across alien life, and they're at least as intelligent as we are at our best, is that there are indisputable truths about the existence of everything in the universe. Those truths are written in the matter and energy present within the universe itself, and the laws that govern them, which are the same everywhere and at all times and for all observers, these are things we all have in common. These are things that we can all agree, whatever God's image is, the universe was made just like that. No matter what anyone, human or otherwise, conceives about whose image we were made in, the story of the universe and how it came to be the way it is is the great unifier of us all. The Starts With a Bang podcast is made possible through the generous donations of our Patreon supporters. Come support Ethan Siegel and Starts With a Bang on Patreon. Thanks go to Samir Kumar, Robert J. Hansen, Bakhtiar, Chris Shaw, Thomas Sola, Denier, Pedro Texera, Igor Mitrofanov, Jose Enrique, Frederick Martello, Sean Foley, Elver Sanososa, Flo, Richard Jousey, DGE, John Kozura, Marcelo Barnaba, Nick Tomlinson, Rafal Wojcik, Brian Terry, Danny, Alexander Marius, Gaijin, Andrew T. Douglas, Chris Hilly, Weller Tractor Salvage, Mark, Nick Delroy, David Ford, Ronan Yechazel, Ron Lyle, Frank, Pavel Zuzilski, Fraser Kane, Steve Shaber, Naked Bunny with a Whip, Jason Bassanseni, Peter Williams, Bill Murphy, Mark Armstrong, Kevin Barnes, Patrick Dennis, Radek Nesbida, James Nance, Joe McFarland, Amira Sosnick, Sidney Atwood, Harry Plumley, John Methot, Nathan Hanna, Tomas All, Glenn McDavid, Benjamin Turner, David Taschioni, Philip Radulovic, John Seal, Braxton Thomason, Karen Garrison, and Zarko Apachik. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and I'll see you next time here for more Starts With a Bang.